The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on the shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you. When you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this, signifying by what kind of death 
he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. I had a wedding yesterday. The readings were all about love, of course. And the couple was obviously very much in love. I don't know what would have happened if I'd asked the people present for a definition of love. I'm not sure what they would have told me or how they understood it. It's good to go back from time to time and review that. You may remember it from past years. We have a problem with that word in English, don't we? We can use the word love for so many things. I love pasta. Uh, I love the New York Mets. I love my dog. I love God. Remember in Greek, there were three words for it. I always mention that when we have this gospel on the third Sunday of Easter every third year. The first was eros. Eros was that God who went around shooting arrows into the earth to make it fertile. Eros was a love of attraction. Could be any attraction. Physical, intellectual, moral. Just a matter of character, perhaps. All true friendship had a degree of eros. But then, with Sigmund Freud, Eros became the erotic and was associated only with sex, but that wasn't true in the beginning. And then, feline. Feline is a love for all humanity, as in our city of Philadelphia. It was something we could will. It wasn't something that was a feeling or just an attraction. It was a, uh, a very human, brotherly sort of love. Natural love. When a new sort of life, new sort of love came into this world, they had to find a new word for it. So they chose a word in Greek that was seldom used and had no fixed meaning, and we are all familiar with it. Agape. And this gospel centers around those two words, feline and agape. First, we are told that St. Peter decides he's going to go fishing. You remember our Lord had called him from fishing. But Peter decides he wants to go back to it. Now, St. Gregory the Great tells us that it's really all right to go back to that because there wasn't much money in it. Well, with all due respect to St. Gregory the Great, that's probably a pretty flimsy excuse. In any event, the others respond. Peter must have had certain leadership qualities. They They will join him. We will come with you. So they go out, and naturally, they catch nothing. There are two symbols in this, the fathers of the church tell us, more than two, actually. Peter's boat, his bark, and the net, both of which symbolize the church. The bark is Peter's. He is lead. He is directing it. So they catch nothing, and it's morning, and our Lord is standing on the shore, and they do not recognize him. They are not allowed to yet because of their lack of faith. And he says to them, children, have you caught anything? And they say, no. 
He tells them to do what he did the first time he met them, to cast the net on the other side of the boat. And there's this great catch of fish. And immediately, the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, says, to Peter, Peter again, it is the Lord. He recognizes him. And Peter, in his enthusiasm, jumps off the boat to go towards him. And they bring the boat in, and they climb out on the shore, and there's a charcoal fire. That would have reminded Peter of the last charcoal fire, the one in which he betrayed the Lord. And our Lord says, bring some of the fish you just caught. They don't know what to say to him. But we're told that even, he said, Peter dragged the net ashore full of 153 large fish. It's interesting that the gospel mentions the exact number of fish in that net. The Greeks had determined that there were exactly 153 different species of fish. So the fish, in this case, symbolize all humanity. And the net isn't torn as the church isn't torn. Even though she's attacked from without and from within, she isn't torn. And our Lord then tells them to come and have breakfast. And they know who he is, and they're a little afraid still. And then comes the questioning. He questions St. Peter, and of course he questions us too, all the time. Now here are the two different words in Greek, remember it. Our Lord says, Simon, son of John. Notice, not Peter, not rock. Simon, his weak human nature. It's a not-so-subtle reminder of his weakness. Simon, son of John. Do you love me more than these? Love me, agape, with a um, deep, sacrificial, victimal, divine love, the way I loved you. And St. Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you in a natural, human, brotherly sort of way. Peter learned his lesson. He's not going to go overboard this time. He's not going to declare that he has a courage that he didn't have, as it turns out. He will love him, but only in a limited sort of way. Our Lord never takes away his authority. He says, feed my lambs. He is still the rock, even though he's at the moment still very weak. And then he says to him a second time, Simon, son of John, still the weak human nature, as he addresses us often. Do you love me in a heroic, victimal, sacrificial, divine way, the way I loved you? And St. Peter responds again, yes, Lord, you know that I love you in a natural, human, brotherly sort of way. Our Lord affirms his authority, tend my sheep. This is the person he chose to tend his sheep. Our Lord then asks a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me in a natural, human, brotherly sort of way? Do you really love me even that much? He's changed the word. And St. Peter is distressed. Our Lord asked him for a third time, distressed for two reasons. The third time reminds him of his denials, and the change of the word lowers the ante. He's not demanding as much of him because he knows the poor, weak Peter isn't going to give it to him. And our Lord confirms his authority once again. Feed my sheep. Peter will have to learn what love really is and what he's called to be. He will. Come Pentecost, he'll be a radically different person. Come Pentecost, His feline will turn into agape. He will love then in a heroic, victimal, sacrificial way, the way that the Lord loved him. And so must we.
Our Lord then speaks to him about his future. He doesn't tell him everything. Because he doesn't tell us everything either. He tells him that he's going to be treated in a way that he would not choose. And that he will be led where he does not want to go. And we are told in the gospel that he said this signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. We are told, of course, that Peter was crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy to die as the Lord had died. We are also told through tradition that over the years, Peter's face became creased because of the tears he shed as a result of his denial. He never forgot it. And then our Lord has one more command to him. It's a command to him, the same command to us. With all of Peter's weaknesses, with all of his failings, with all of his cowardice. His last command is, follow me. And that is the last command that he gives to us. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the resurrection of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, that her members will be courageous in responding to the call to God's love, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they will see the love of God calling them through his church, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, they may know that in their suffering they are visible signs of God's love and healing. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected his love, knowingly or unknowingly, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in for a greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. Lord for an increase in vocations of priesthood and the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese, and those young men and women will be visible signs of the love of God in a unique way. For a greater reverence for the signs of God's love in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the Lord and learned his love, they may then proclaim it to others, we pray to the Lord. Lord for all those build, working on our building project, that they will remain safe, we pray to the Lord. Lord for all of our youth, especially those who are graduating, they will continue to grow in the love of God and in his truth. We pray to the Lord. Lord for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. The eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that our lives will reflect the love that has come to us, particularly the love that comes to us through the Eucharist, we pray to the Lord. Lord, We now proclaim the Lord's victory as we sing the Christus Vincit. (laughs) 